afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Oh, man, is it a great time to be alive or what? So much uh, stuff to talk about. So many things to talk about. Tell me, Stan, would you like to talk about Kylie Jenner being pregnant? No, Would you like to talk about the end of the world prediction? I have heard about that. I know. Today. It's punishment from Today. Here we are. (laughs) Lucky I prepped for the show. You too. Your your show comes on after mine, so we better hope that, yeah, it's not going to be the end of the world. Uh, Maybe we should talk about kneeling kneeling in football. Do you see Trump? Yeah, he's on oh, a, he's on a tear gosh. on that today, and the NFL isn't too happy with him. But oh. he's saying the the ratings are down, and it's a disgrace that they're not standing. And I don't know, they just played one here at the top of the hour. I'll try to get that clip because that one sounded to, really fun. Yeah, we're going to talk about that a, uh, in in a little bit because I just think this is so hilarious. And you know, Trump, thank you. Thank you, because every week I have something to talk about. Well, I have something to talk about anyway. Uh, I have a great show planned for you today. Absolutely great. Uh, we're going to talk with, um, I invited, you know, you guys know I don't invite guests very on, on very often. Most of the time I have so much to say. Who needs a guest? Uh, but today I invited Rich Marianos to come on. He's a, a senior law enforcement consultant. He's a retired assistant director of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. And he was in town to testify against the menthol ban that St. Paul is thinking about. I tell you guys, local, 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 all the time. And we have some super big local elections coming up. Uh, in November, whether it's the mayor and city council members for Minneapolis and St. Paul. I live in New Brighton. We want to throw our sorry uh, mayor out of there. What an embarrassment she's been two years of hell with with her at the helm. Uh, and we have um, city council members that are up for uh, up for one Gina Bauman, my favorite. She's been on this show before. I've talked about her a million times. Uh, and Sue Erickson are running. They're great. I've been out lit dropping. I'm already out lit dropping, Stan. Out lit dropping, door knocking, talking to people about the upcoming election. And I got to tell you, the mood out there is so positive. And and I don't know what it is. I commented about it when when we were out at the state fair, and I talked about how. People are still passionate about politics. They're still passionate about what's going on. And they really do seem to be paying more attention. But do you know I didn't get flipped off at the State Fair once this year, Stan? Not once. That's not what the media's been telling us. I I, mean, the the world's crumbling. Uh, Everybody hates each other. And yeah, there's some of that, too. But and, and there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on, which we'll get into later on today during the show. But people are they're they're ready to make a difference it's this quiet determination that's out there and they're saying you know what we're really sick of some of this stuff and we want to see something change down at the local level as well so we're going to talk about a few local issues but then rich mariano so he'll be on at 335 he's going to talk about the unintended consequences of things like banning uh menthol cigarettes that's a legal product people a legal product this is crazy 
We're also going to have Michelle Lentz join us. Uh, she's with the Child Protection League. They have their fundraiser coming up this week. And you, last week we talked just a teeny little bit with Karen Ephraim and Julie Quist about the Child Protection League fundraiser. Uh, hopefully we'll we'll hear uh, all the details from Michelle and hopefully Stella too today. Uh, and then I have a couple other things I want to talk about, like what's wrong with liberals? Are their minds so open that their brains fell out? Uh, I've got some just crazy, crazy examples examples of liberals where you just shake your head and have to say what are you people thinking oh wait you're not uh and we're going to talk about um i we've talked about this on the show a lot about how president obama issued his dear colleagues letter and how they used that to weaponize title nine uh against um people accused of sexual assault in our colleges and it was a kangaroo court. It was so horrible. It was so ridiculous to watch some of these people. And it's not just guys. It's guys and gals get railroaded through this kangaroo court system. And Betsy DeVos this week came out and said, yeah, we're going to rescind that. We're going to put it through in the right order. We're going to write the rules. We're going to have people weigh in on them. We're going to tell people what we want to do. Now, some of the kangaroo courts will still... Uh, will still happen because the like Betsy DeVos told the colleges until the whole process works its way through, uh, kangaroo courts are still optional. So that's um, and, yeah, and, and I have some stuff on the courts. I have some yeah, and and I I just cannot let it go. Uh, we we will talk uh, healthcare and insurance. People are saying the um, latest so-called repeal of Obamacare, it was never a repeal, people, uh, is dead. And I have a lot to say on that topic, too, of course. Uh, In D.C., the legislators are back from their August recess. They find themselves yet again embattled on issues like, oh, immigration, where's our wall? Uh, taxes. Where's our tax reform so that we can fill out our our tax return on a postcard? And of course, the always available Obamacare. It just came out yesterday. John McCain said he cannot in good conscience. I'm sure John McCain doesn't have a conscience. Uh, he cannot vote for the Graham Cassidy proposal. I think it's pretty clear that he, he is so vindictive and he hates Trump so much. In the meantime, you've got uh, every Democrat in the world is thanking John McCain for his principled stand. This is really interesting, folks, because this is not a repeal. And I think the the from from the minute President Trump was inaugurated and the minute they that gavel fell to start that legislative session, the Republicans have screwed this up. The Republicans promised us for seven years they would repeal Obamacare. For seven years, we heard their empty promises, their lies, their 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 appeasement of just wait, just wait till we have the presidency, just wait till we have the um uh, all the congress the senate and the house guess what we delivered they aren't delivering and i I want people to understand that uh, think about this do you think how hard in minnesota people fought to get sunday liquor sales in minnesota 
And you've still got some of those same people are saying, yeah, we want government to con- control our health care. We want government to c- control insurance. We want government to control managed care. And we're going to I'm going to do a whole big segment on this. But I just I just think it is so frustrating that how, how Republicans have mishandled the repeal of Obamacare from day one. The, the new plan, you know what, they should come out on Monday and they should say, OK, the Cassidy, uh, the Graham Cassidy bill is dead. We are going to repeal every word of it and then do it. Get rid of every word of it and then start from scratch. Government has screwed up everything from insurance to health care to Medicaid to Medicare to the VA. You name it. Government touches it. Government screws it up. And 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 the simple fact is, if we don't get rid of Obamacare in the next year, it'll never be gone. It'll never be gone. And the, the Democrats own Obamacare. They own every headache that it is. Stan told me during our pre-show meeting that he had one of his friends who's a staunch liberal finally, finally admitted Obamacare is broken. Obamacare is so broken. (laughs) I know. I know. But more and more people know it. And you know what? Democrats, if they tell you that Obamacare isn't broken, that we can fix it, they're lying to you. They are lying to you. And on Monday night, Amy Klobuchar is going to be on CNN for some town hall thing with Cassidy and Graham and oh yeah Bernie Sanders and um and Amy Klobuchar Medicare for this all, right? ought to be good <laughs> yeah um oh I posted a great article uh, um, written by a woman who was grew up on Medicare and Medicaid and she's like why would you do this to poor people you give us the crappiest doctors the crappiest dentists they think that we're a dollar sign on our forehead and um, I mean it was I hope I've never been on Medicaid or Medicare. I didn't I, I don't know. I mean, it sounds good. Everybody wants to help everyone. But let me tell you, all of them need to be reformed. All of them from from the word go. OK, Stan, I know you're looking for that for that uh, audio that I want. But Trump was rallying for Luther Strange last night. This is the Senate primary with uh, Roy Moore. And Trump wishes the NFL NFL owners would tell the anthem patrol. Anthro- anthem protesters to get that son of a beep off the field right now. I laughed so hard, and I don't care. It seems like the only way we're going to win the Trump win the culture wars is if we have Trump making statements like that. And I loved it. Clear. I, I, I guess I shouldn't. A lot of people didn't feel that way. If you've seen social media today, it's people are. Outraged. Yeah, but it's always it's just like anything else. It's the people that aren't happy are the ones that make the most noise. I mean, and I've really learned that working in radio for the last almost twenty <laughs> years. You know, it's not the people that love your music or love your content that always call in and compliment you. It's the people that have a beat that'll call in and make the make most noise about it. Uh, let's see if we can get a little bit of audio uh, audio audio on this when we come back. Lots more coming, people. We are loaded for bear today. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. How you doing? I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Trump, oh, 
he is just a gift, just a gift of never-ending talk show host material, and I absolutely love it. Trump was at a rally for Luther Strange. Uh, that's the Senate special election. Um, what is it? A primary, I guess, for the special election between Luther Strange and Roy Moore. Uh, I think Roy Moore was up by, gosh, eight or ten points, something like that. Uh, and Donald Trump said uh, the N- he wishes the NFL owners would tell anthem protesters to get that son of a beep off the field right now and the liberals liberals were triggered they were so triggered triggered they called trump's rally a dangerous rally they said trump was attacking a private citizen for exercising his first amendment rights one lefty actually tweeted and i quote he's in alabama stirring an angry crowd to boo a black man who (laughs) dared to engage in peaceful peaceful protests these are white supremacist rallies. They believe that, Stan. Oh, that's not attacking they, yeah, I know, <laughs> the I know, white man, I know, is it? I know. Okay, here we go. Wouldn't and, you love to see one of these NFL owners, when somebody disrespects our flag, to say, get that son of a <laughs> off the field right now. Out, he's <laughs> oh, you can't make it up. Yeah, you I can't make it. it up. I know. And then I can't help it, and I know I've mentioned this before, if you take a knee to express your hatred for your own country, you're applauded. But if you take a knee in prayer, you are to be hated. And all I have to do is say Tim Tebow. And, folks, I am uh, a football fan. I watch NFL. I watch college football. I am... I, I enjoy it. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of people who are turning it off. And then Trump went after Stephen Curry and disinvited the Golden State Warriors from the White House in a tweet. I just I can't help it. I just I just laugh. Now LeBron James has jumped into it, too. He said he was tweeting back to President Trump. You bum. Stephen Curry already said he ain't going. So therefore, ain't no invite. Going to the White House was a great honor until you showed up. I, oh man. All right. You want to weigh in on this? 651-989-5855. 651-989-5855. Patty, you're first up. Hi, Patty. Welcome to the Hi. show. Hi, Sue. How are you doing? I'm great. Is this I've hilarious? <laughs> yes, it's unbelievable. I watched Trump's speech and I cracked up. You know what? I journal and I found journals. I'm 67 and I found journals back to 1973. And I could tell you when the Vikings won and lost. That's I know. How long I've been watching football. <laughs> and I was amazed at that. Lately, I am disgusted. I am tired of it. I stopped watching ESPN. I watch sports to get away from it. I, I know. don't watch sports because of someone's political view. They have joined the Hollywood bunch thinking that they're so smart that they're going to change all of our opinions. What they don't realize, though, is that it's us middle-class people out here that watch those games, that go to those games, that buy the paraphernalia, that collect all of that stuff. I'm, I'm sick of it. I don't miss any of these guys. I don't care if they never go to the White House. And they were taking a knee last year when Obama was in office. I watched uh, Fox this morning, and they acted as if this was something new with Trump. And I thought, give me a break. I know. The, and the, the interesting thing, too, Patty, is, you know, there's always been some crossover between politics and sports. And there's always been some crossover with sports and and community 
activism of one sort of another, whether it's breast cancer or homelessness or all kinds of stuff. But it really seems in the last few years that it has just really, really spiraled. And then and then you have this Colin Kaepernick thing where yeah. and I and I. I realize there are others besides him, but I'm just going to say he was the one that that kind of started it. You've got so yep. many people on the left now saying Colin Kaepernick should be signed with the Vikings. Oh hell no! <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I would cringe at the thought that I won't be able to watch the Vikings any longer because I will turn them off for sure. Yeah, and I watch them even when they're losing to <laughs> I, I know. Fan, I am. I know. Yeah. I. Me too. I mean, I'm used to it. I, I've watched the Vikings and the Twins and the Wild and the Wolves break my heart for yep. decade after. Well, throw the Gophers in there too for decade after decade. But I don't care. They're still ours. <laughs> exactly. You know, Sue. I feel like I went to sleep and woke up in some strange universe that I do not recognize anymore. I know this it's crazy. Not, it is a crazy world. I feel like I'm living in. It's totally not. <laughs> Thank know, you, um, Patty. Things that are right or wrong now. Bye bye. Okay, take care. Oh, I know it is just so, so, so crazy. And at the same time, people are going crazy about uh, about Trump and about. Um, uh, football and all that kind of stuff. We have a U.S. senator, a Democrat, who is on trial for bribery and corruption, and the media is silent. You have this past week. You had uh, Fox News reported. I think it was Wednesday that that uh, Samantha Power, as the U.S. ambassador to the U.N., made more than two hundred and sixty requests to identify Americans whose names surfaced in foreign intelligence reporting last year. So Power has no apparent intelligence related function but she had um over 260 unmaskings of american citizens this is so crazy when when where's the media on this stuff they are so busy harping on what what trump tweeted or what trump said about uh, about a football player in in and being angry because a football player didn't didn't uh, show respect for the flag of the united states of america it's it is so crazy that the media continues to cover up uh, the corruption from the Obama administration. And I don't care what you say. The Obama administration violated our trust, broke our laws. Um, it's the when when you look at the abuse of the FISA courts, when you look at the abuse of the of the of the of the power that they had, the idea that they're coming and spying on journalists, the idea that they're coming and spying on Americans, the idea that they're spying on an incoming administration is absolutely appalling. And the fact that they're using the FBI, the Justice Department, the IRS to do it should be making everyone outraged. And instead, what are people what are people shouting about today? They're shouting about President Trump and the athletes and who's taking a knee and who isn't taking a knee. And I got to say in this one, I think I side with Trump. You're fired. All right. Meanwhile, in Mississippi, in Minnesota, we in Mississippi, in Minnesota, we found out that Russia, a Russia affiliated hacker attempted to uh, interfere with the 2016 elections right here in Minnesota. Steve Simon 
said that the scanned IP addresses associated with Simon's office were looking for vulnerabilities. But Steve Simon said, don't worry, don't worry, everything's okay. Uh, And everybody's mad because why didn't Homeland Security tell us this before? Well, my question is, why didn't Steve Simon tell us before? And my guess is Steve Simon didn't even know, which tells me we need a new Secretary of State. So that's still a year away, but we're going to work on that. Um, We've been talking a lot about Mark Dayton's line item veto of the Minnesota legislature. And in fact, Andrew Matthews uh, has an op-ed in the Tribune um, yesterday or today. Okay, well, super good one talking about Mark Dayton line item vetoing the funding for the legislature. This was super important. And if I didn't have a jam-packed show today, I would have had him come on to talk about it. The lower court ruled that it was that Dayton's actions were unconstitutional. The Minnesota Supreme Court ruled that the actions were not unconstitutional, even though it produced an unconstitutional result. And how result. many judges did Dayton approve on that state Supreme Court? Four out of six. Oh. Four out of six. Mm, I'll uh-huh. scratch your back if you yeah, scratch mine. Exactly. And they all have higher aspirations. They don't want to be just sitting in the Minnesota Supreme Court. They want they want to move up and way up. Uh, but so the, the court sent them into mediation. And guess what? Here you've got, uh, in the middle of mediation, Dayton Walker. Walks out. He walks out, and then he ha- he says, "We're done. We're not getting anywhere. I'm done." And no surprise, he had a press conference an hour later, blamed the legisl- blamed the legislature, said it was all their fault, and he whined like the little baby that he can be. And and do you know what he said? He he talked about how angry he was, how angry he was. Well, Governor Dayton. You're the one that negotiated these bills. You're the one that signed those bills into law. There is no one to blame but you, Governor Dayton. Only you. Oh, it drives me absolutely crazy. So we'll have to see where where that's going to go now. But you can, oh, and Dayton's fees, Dayton's attorney's fees were supposed to be capped at $150,000. They blew that figure into the dust because it has already gone Oh, so much higher than that. So the Supreme Court is not going to be able to punt anymore. They're going to actually have to give us something to work with. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want you to I want you to pay attention because I'm gonna I I don't have guests on my show very often because I usually have so much to say. But I have invited Richard Marianos to come on. He's a senior law enforcement consultant, a retired assistant director of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. And he spent 27 years in ATF. And I tell you over and over and over again how important these local elections are. I tell you how important it is that you pay attention to what the local, whether it's your city council, your county commissioners, your mayor, what are they doing? St. Paul is going to follow Minneapolis. Uh, Minneapolis passed it, I think, last August. The uh, Yeah, a month ago. Um, but St. Paul may soon ban menthol, mint, wintergreen, and fruit to the list of flavored tobacco products that can, so that they can only be sold in adult-only retail locations such as tobacco shops. And this is crazy. And you're seeing um, Robbinsdale's looking at it, St. Cloud's looking at it. 
Um, I think Edina and St. Louis Park passed. Um, you have to be 21 to buy cigarettes. Um, I tell you, these local elections matter so much because these people are up to no good. You talk about the nanny state. Now we've got nanny cities. Uh, and there are a lot of unintended consequences with this. So I'm really excited to have Rich Mariano's coming on with us after uh, after we take this this break for the news. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, lots more coming. Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, Twin Cities News Talk. Doc. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, and com. Callers, thank you for calling back into the next hour. I'm really excited for this next interview. Uh, Rich Marianos is a senior law enforcement consultant, and he served more than 27 years in the U.S. Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives Fighting Violent Crime. His record is so impressive, working its uh, working its way down. Uh, but our time is valuable, and Rich is going to talk to us about the unintended consequences of the ridiculously stupid ideas that cities come up with, and I'm sure it will be a statewide push when the legislature starts in February as well. Uh, and what am I talking about? I'm talking about St. Paul is likely to soon ban menthol, mint, wintergreen, and fruit to the list of flavored tobacco products, meaning that they can only be sold in adult-only retail locations such as tobacco shops. This is so ridiculous, and I'm pleased to welcome Rich Marianos to the show. Hi, Rich. Hi, Sue. Thank you so much for having me. And I am so happy to have you. Wow, you have a pretty impressive record here working with the uh, alcohol, tobacco, firearms, and explosives. And you were in Phoenix. You were in Colorado. You were involved in the Columbine High School in Littleton, Colorado. I mean, wow, quite an impressive resume you got there. Well, I was blessed to have some great people work for me throughout the years, so I was very fortunate. All right, that's good. And you came into town to to testify at this hearing in St. Paul, correct? I didn't testify, but I did meet with several city officials along with um, uh, some other members of the media to talk about the problems that this crazy menthol ban is going to incur let's call it the crazy racist menthol ban that we're going to get into but before we jump right into it how about if you tell people um what brought you here and when you talk to the city uh officials what did they say and what did you say i didn't get a lot of positive response from the city officials because one i don't think they fully understand the problem and what i was trying to explain and, and trying to get across is once you bring a prohibition in on anything, you create a criminal market. Exactly. Exactly what is happening when they prohibit menthol products. Now they'll argue and they'll say, "Oh, we're just trying. We're not going to prohibit it. We're going to sell it in the tobacco shops." But they don't have the infrastructure that once there's a prohibition on an item, to enforce it. Mm-hmm. They will come at you with uh, stories. Well, we have. Um, a code enforcement unit, a handful of code enforcement officers are going to handle it. And frankly, only uh, Councilman Bostrom is the only person uh, that made a public comment on the, in the newspapers Excuse me, that said the police are going to get involved in this. And the truth is that the police will have to, somewhere along the line, get involved in the enforcement of these tobacco-related issues. 
It is the new currency for organized crime because of the money criminals are making, trafficking tobacco and selling tobacco on the backs of these prohibitions. And then the, the second thing that I'm very worried about, and everyone else should be, especially in that area, is the wedge in the Ferguson effect that it's creating between the police and the community, where it's forcing cops to step in on silly ordinances, silly regulations, and now creating a bigger wedge between them and the community when the community really wants them out protecting and serving. We don't need any more problems in that area between police and community relations. But we have some council men and women who really could care less about public safety and think that they're brave warriors of public health when it just doesn't match. That is so, you, you're, you nailed it when you said that they're, they're more interested in public health than in public safety. You brought up two super important points. One is that it's the new currency for the gangs. Uh, and the second was the wedge, um, uh, the Ferguson effect, where you have police having to interact in ridiculous um, prohibitions of cigarettes. Or um, in, in Ferguson, it was, wasn't the guy trying to sell one cigarette or something like that. But let's take each of those separately. So what do you mean when you say this is the new currency? in the black market, so to speak? Well, what, what is happening in a lot of places, specifically in Minnesota, it has it's the high, one of the highest tax rates in the United States. <laughs> we know! <laughs> yeah, surprise. So what criminals are doing is they're going to the states with the lower tax rates of cigarettes and bringing them in, and now on the backs of the taxes, making 10 times the amount of money they would selling narcotics. So now we're going to prohibit a certain type of cigarette also into that mix to create the problem. And I'm not making these things up. This is factual data backed up by reports and police work. And it's, you know, what's funny is Bostrom is the only person, he refused to meet with me, but he's the only person that acknowledged that the police are going to have to get involved with this. Everyone else there thinks, oh, code enforcement can handle it and we're not going to have a problem. Code enforcement doesn't work 24 hours a day. Code enforcement doesn't work on the weekends. And the the habitual menthol smoker is going to find a way to get it, and it's going to be through illegal means. No way you can shape it in any positive direction on this one. Oh, I agree. I think that's really interesting that Bostrom didn't want to meet with you. He's probably the most rational of the bunch. You would think, but, you know, um, the man could be busy. He's a former police officer. I thought that he'd be interested in the issue. But yeah, he's not that busy. He can see this for what it's worth <laughs> right. and get behind a positive vote right now and understand the importance of public safety. And, you know, if I had a bell to ring every day when I'm walking around St. Paul about this, it would be, please, 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 let's understand public safety and prohibition equals concern. And it always has, all the way back to the Volstead Act when they tried to prohibit alcohol in the United States. Right here in Minnesota. Where do you think that guy came from? going to start on fire, okay? (laughs) Right. Gang wars on the street for menthol cigarettes. But there is one statistic that there is an increase in shootings in St. Paul. We just Mm -hmm. saw recently in the paper that they're going to do the police and ATF, especially, are doing a, a special 800 number now to address all the increase in shootings. Now let's drop in the enforcement of menthol cigarettes now, when that is supposed to be our priority. Shooters, bad guys, 
shots fired, public safety. It, it, I, I can't compute it. It doesn't make sense to me, especially after 27 years on the job. The um, you also pointed out how it's the wedge effect between the between the police and the so-called new criminal, the one who happened to buy menthol cigarettes, maybe being under twenty-one years older from a from an illegal shop. Uh, what do you mean by the wedge effect? What do you see happening with that? Well, the wedge effect is simple. Is you know, let's say that you have a convenience store that it, that it may be shut down because. A big portion of what they sell is um, menthol cigarettes or tobacco products to a certain demographic in a certain area. Now, let's imagine that that person has to close their shop or has to close business because they can't order a certain amount for free shipping and free delivery on other items. Whatever the dynamic is, the store gets shut down. And the woman in the community who doesn't have a car, who doesn't have means to go out and get pampers, milk, eggs, bread, necessities those doors get chained and now who, who who's doing it law enforcement mm -hmm. it's not one of the councilmen that's going out there with the chain in the lock chaining up the door and waving and saying i'm sorry we're part of a menthol ban it's the police and that wedge gets dropped further and further those damn police look what they're doing to us again crazy uh rich crazy. And, and some people well that's really not gonna i had one council person tell me that's not gonna happen here it wasn't even worth the time arguing with them. That, that's how close-minded and ridiculous they are. Rich, we have to take a quick break here. Can you hold on while we I do? I well, hold on for you, sir. You're uh, princess. Okay. And then, because, of course, I have a few more questions, and I still want to get into uh, the smuggling. And, uh, well, I just want to hear more of your expertise and talk a little bit more about maybe what we can do or what we can tell these council members to to stick their nose out of it instead of into it. Stay tuned, everyone. Sue Jeffers uh, will have Rich joining me back in the next segment. Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Uh, joining me right now, Rich Marianos. He's been a wealth of information. He's telling us about uh, the ridiculous... Uh, ban that St. Paul is looking at to ban uh, menthol cigarettes. And this is the most unbelievable thing. There are so many unintended consequences. Uh, remember, I told you before, Rich was a senior, is a senior law enforcement consultant. He's a retired assistant director of the Bureau of the Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. And it is just unbelievable how these council members refuse to listen. They refuse to have the discussion. They refuse to even acknowledge that's, that there's a downside or a ripple effect from the, from the actions that they continue to push forward. And they say, oh, this is good for public health. Oh, well, they're ignoring public safety. And the hearing that that uh, Rich was in town for last week. Uh, St. Paul's moving forward to this. They, are, they aren't listening to anyone. Uh, 35 people registered to testify against the ban. These were people included retailers, families who own stores, uh, family members of owners, smokers, non-smokers, all kinds of people who think the city is going too far. 
But the unintended consequences, whether it's smuggling cigarettes, whether it's smash and grabs, whether it's a, a, a way to get around paying the high taxes in Minnesota, whether it's uh, funding criminal activities or gangs, um, the smuggling, it, it's just crazy, Rich. I can't believe it. And I just don't know what we're going to do to get these council members to, to stop doing stupid stuff like this. Well, I think one is they have to understand that, that there is a problem, Okay. And they have to understand how grave the problem is just in the state of Minnesota, how much worse it's getting, and how we need stronger laws and stronger penalties against the criminals that are involved in the, the, or the high-value targets that are involved in criminal tobacco trafficking. I think they have to understand that there's a ripple effect, um, even on a small decision they make. These, by no means, are mom-and-pop operations. Right, right. But these smaller decisions, like on any type of prohibition, create crime. It doesn't put crime down. It creates crime, and I think they need to embrace it and get it and come up with some other solutions, whether, you know, what uh, several people voiced, well, the tobacco shops are, you know, 21 and older. Well... Is there a reason we can't go to the convenience stores at 21 and older? Um, an, arg- an argument is, well, menthol is a gateway, or menthol causes kids to smoke. Truly, menthol isn't the leading cigarette for young adults. It's Marlboro Red. Right. Um, and nobody <laughs> wants to talk about that. You know what I mean? People are not educated on the material and it's just frustrating it is frustrating i read an op-ed in the minnesota daily written by some kid who was studying public health something or other and he talked about how um how yeah this was the greatest idea we should ban it we should we should ban menthol totally we should raise the age to 21 and i'm like oh my gosh and he probably got extra extra credit for it but rich i tell people all the time that this is so racist because they're harping on these menthol cigarettes because they believe the tobacco companies target people of color um they say that more people of color smoke those so apparently if you're white they don't care about you um and if you smoke marlboro red they don't care and they talk about the 44 percent of the people of color who smoke it and i I mean, it's just, they're so racist, and they don't even get it. And this isn't a race debate for me or not. I'm a cop, you know what I mean? Um, and I don't want to get into a racial debate about who, what, where, and when, and why. It's a choice. If people choose to smoke it, they should be allowed to. If they don't want to, don't. Okay? Right, right. That, that's kind of where it is. With Legal product. Where I find the problem is, well, if you choose to take it and move it across state lines or trade it for narcotics, guns, ammunition, um, launder the money from it, or fund high-value targets, organized crime, even terrorists, with the sale of tobacco products, then we got to start locking you up for a long period of time and do what the system does best. I got to tell you, uh, Rich, there was... That's where I stand on (laughs) There was a... When... when, Yep, when they they jacked up the tobacco um, taxes here in Minnesota, they made them like... I don't know, like $4 a pack or $5 a pack or some ridiculous amount. Stan and I, my producer Stan, we jokingly said we were going to drive to North Dakota and fill up trucks 
full of cigarettes to bring them back because we could get so much money. And I, we were joking. And I warned people that this is what was going to happen. And the Star Tribune, the Duluth News Tribune, they've all printed stories about how this is a problem. And, and one of the other things the media isn't telling us about here in Minnesota is how much of the crime we're seeing from uh, smashing grabs, people who run into these stores, they smash the cases and they grab the cigarettes out of there because they can get more money for the cigarettes than anything it is it is in some places the smash and grab um problem and it's like an epidemic now is where these crews are going in with gigantic bed sheets smashing um inside the store filling the bed sheets just the cigarettes leaving the cash registers alone because they can make more money selling the cigarettes in a higher tax state they're crews, wolf pack crews, that just go in, jump the counter, beat the employee, pistol whip them, and just load as many cigarettes as they can in the bed sheets, and they're off to go. And I never, ever in my wildest dreams would think I would see a strong arm robbery where they're leaving the cash register alone. I know. That's how fast they want to get in and out. They know where these cameras are placed, and they know how to do it. And it, uh, in, in some cities, it's over 57%. Um, higher than it was last year on smashing grabs of convenience stores. Wow. Um, it's affecting everywhere and everybody. And the other thing that you talked about that, um, you know, when they jacked up the taxes, when they started uh, wanting to raise the sale to 20, sale of cigarettes to people over 21, when they started talking about these menthol bans, um, we, Stan and I, we told everybody what was going to happen. We warned them. But the one thing that you mentioned that I never thought about was, Think about some of these stores. We always talk about, especially North Minneapolis and some parts of St. Paul, where they they supposedly have these food deserts. And it's an invented term. I know. I think it's ridiculous. But anyway, they have areas that don't have a lot of stores. So let's say one of these stores gets caught selling cigarettes to someone under 21 or, God forbid, menthol cigarettes. And, And now, all of a sudden, that store gets shut down. They don't realize the detrimental effect that can have on that community. Not only the livelihood of the owner and the people who who work for him but the whole community no because you're right the food desert doesn't have the cub store the food lion Mm -hmm. it doesn't have the giant it doesn't have the means to sustain the community for sustainable products that they need every day eggs bread milk butter things like that that keep a family going you eliminate consumer locations such as that you punch the community in the face. You punch them right in the face by doing so. Yeah. And you can't tell me, like some city council people were saying, well, it's never going to get to that. Well, what do you do if you have an offender that has done this 10, 12, 15 times, that has decided to completely ignore the ban because the demographics demand for it, there's the, the demand for menthol products, and they choose to sell it. What are you going to do? You're going to go out and go out there yourself, Mister and Mrs. City Council man? Yeah, they're not. It? No, <laughs> they're going to call the police. Right, and the police get the black eye because they're the bad guy as seen by the community. And what always happens? Don't you have anything better to work on? <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. And think about it. You hear over and over and over again, we're trying to reduce the interactions, negative interactions between police and people. Every police executive you talk to, Sue, right now, and it's one of the biggest issues right now with the International Association of Chiefs of Police and any executive that's working, 
law enforcement is how do we reduce the Ferguson effect? Right. How do we bridge the gap and get us back working with the community? How do we get them to cooperate with the police and have them see us in a better light? St. Paul in Minneapolis, they even do it, I think, every Thursday night. They have barbecues and they try to right. get the community more involved in it. You can't feed them hot dogs and hamburgers one night and then chain up their grocery stores or lock up their members another for menthol cigarettes. Exactly. The, the community is too smart. Yeah. Let- people are too smart. How about some respect? Right. Respect. How about some respect? Rich Mariano, thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation today. Stay in touch. I'd like to have you on again in the future. Thank you so much, Sue. You have a good rest of the week. (laughs) Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Wow, that was really good, wasn't it? I really, yeah, I liked it. Um, Oops, there we go. Okay, I was pressing buttons and forgot what I was pressing buttons. did you think of all those unintended consequences? I mean, really, un- unbelievable. You know, when I talk about how important local elections are, those are the kind of people that are getting elected, not just in Minneapolis and St. Paul people. Some of them are elected in New Brighton. Some of them are elected in Edina. Some are elected in Bloomington. And we talk about all the different things. St. Paul's looking at banning some takeout containers. Um, the city of Bloomington just voted to purchase the city's last large farm so they can host the World Fair. Is that why you elect your city council? Is that why you elect your mayor for things for things like that? Oh, I have lots more coming. I got to tell you about Bloomington buying that. That's just unbelievable. Okay, um, we're going to take a break. Top of the hour. You guys get to hear the news. I hope you get to hear that Trump quote again because I love it. Beep! <laughs> okay, and uh, Michelle Lentz will join us when we come back. She's going to tell us about the Child Protection League fundraiser. This is so exciting. It's next week. I want everybody to try to attend. Uh, anyone who has kids, grandkids, this is an important issue to you, so you're definitely going to want to stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and Twin Cities News Talk. Talk.com.